All right. Hey, guys, we're here with our very special guest, my former high school coach, Coach Brian Klaus. He's the head coach at Harrison still. Coach Klaus, how are we doing today? Doing great. I'm uh, really excited uh, to be on with you guys this evening. Yeah, we're really happy to have you. Um, I think we'll start out with the podcast today asking a couple of questions about, you know, what what got you into soccer and maybe talk about your, you know, you as a youngster, little little Brian Klaus running around. How do you get into soccer? <laughs> That seems like such a long time ago, uh, Matt. Um, I, I started out playing the game when I was uh, six years old and uh, in first grade. Um, I remember my first coach, his name was uh, Laszlo Kovac, and he was Hungarian. And it was very difficult to understand him. He had a very hard accent. Um, but my memories... Uh, growing up and being coached by him were quite fond um, and I just he made it enjoyable for me and that's where my passion for soccer first started and it grew and it, it he, he had a son on the team and we went to the same school and we we probably had a group of about 10 or 11 guys that every single day for recess we were on the same team as well for the rec team for the rec league here locally. And we, we played all the time, every single day at school, all the time on the weekend, you know, at least two or three practices a week. He just made it fun. And he really taught us the technical skills of the game. Um, and he was really my coach all the way up until my sophomore year of high school. So, um, you know, as, as I got older, uh, I started to get involved with uh, more competitive soccer. Um, it started really my, probably my freshman year of high school, I started playing a lot of travel soccer. And um, his, his actually, his, his older son, Dennis Kovach, took over my junior year of high school. And that's when we, we, we won a sectional and a, and a regional. Um, now, it wasn't classed at that time. Uh, that was many moons ago, it seems like. Um, we won't say exactly how many years ago, but um, it was, uh, my, my junior year was very memorable. And I played alongside those same guys that we played all the time together growing up. So, um, and, then, and then my senior year, uh, another guy came in by the name of Jason Huber and um, he was, he was an alumni from the high school there, there at Harrison, and it was just awesome. The transition was great, and I learned a lot from him. But I tell you what, the one thing that I feel like I really grew as a soccer player um, from playing travel soccer between my junior and senior years of high school and then going on, I only played one year of college soccer at Huntington up north up in northern Indiana, close to uh, Fort Wayne, uh, but I felt like I learned the game um, very well, uh, just from a tactical standpoint. Um, and then, you know, I wouldn't uh, advise other kids to do it the way I did. I didn't go with the interest of um, uh, uh, so much academically, um, so my focus wasn't there. So, you know, unfortunate, but um, I stopped playing after one year. I started and played lots of minutes. Uh, it just wasn't a good fit for me at that time. Um, and I wasn't, I don't think, mature enough to handle 
going to college and all that freedom that first year. Um, so I came back here to Lafayette and got into with uh, started up with the family business. Um, and I was able to do that and also uh, coach. I began to coach. So, you know, I was like, I wanted to be around it. I missed it dearly. That was one aspect of my life that was really positive and I just loved. So um, I, I decided to go ahead and coach. So I started coaching the, the junior varsity at my alma mater. Um, and I did that for a total of about six to seven years. Um, and I loved it. I loved being around the kids. Um, and of course, I was, I was very young at that time. So um, I guess I related to them very well. And I always pushed to uh, get the best out of them in practice. I mean, by playing hard against them. <laughs> and so even though they were JV players, um, uh, I, I guess uh, looking back on it, um, I probably, I, I have a def, I have a, a way different coaching style from when I was 20 years old, as opposed to now, you know, being 46. Um, but uh, uh, from there, um, after six years of coaching JV, I, I, I felt like I was ready to take a varsity job and there wasn't anything open at Harrison. So I went down the road to the, the school rival, West Lafayette, and they hired me and I took over that varsity program for 10 years. So I coached there from 2001 to 2010. I think it was, it was in 09 and 10 where we played Harrison both years in the sectional finals and we beat them both years. And that's when um, I believe Doug Leslie, who was the principal at Harrison at the time. So he kind of gave, he gave me a phone call and he was like, Brian, we'd really like you to come over here back to West or back to Harrison and, and coach your alma mater. Would you be willing to sit down and talk with us? And so um, it was, it was always kind of my dream to like, you know, I don't know if I, I would say I had like ill feelings towards Harrison for, you know, not being able to make that jump. It's just that the opportunity wasn't there when um, I felt like I might, I was ready to make the jump to varsity. So I totally understand and get that. Um, um, but, you know, through my first few varsity years of coaching at West Lafayette, you know, every time we played them, I, I, I had a chip on my shoulder and I, I've definitely conveyed that to the players. Like we got to go out there and we got to beat these guys. And, um, but, but I always had in the back of my head that Harrison was home and I was really working for that opportunity to get back. And it was then in 2010 that um, it, just, it became a reality that, that first year, it was, it was, uh, it was good to, to be back at my alma mater, but I knew I had a lot of work to do. So <clears throat> Harrison had always been known as probably the most, um, how would I say, like they had the most talent of the teams here in our area. Um, it was just, they could never take that hurdle or get over the hurdle of getting past either that regional or semi-state to get to that next, uh, to, to overcome that. Um, 
And so that was my goal. I mean, all along, like, I mean, what better way to, you know, story to be written is to go back and coach your alma mater and to be able to have the chance to do that. And, and I tackled it head on. Um, first, first, first thing was up that, you know, I wanted to do is surround myself with a great coaching staff because that's what it ultimately takes. Um, and, and I felt like I did that. And then you have to have players buy in and you have to establish a culture. And, and it, it, it takes time. You can't do that in just a year, but um, you know, you can't just say it. it it's gotta, it's gotta be in their actions. It's gotta be not only, you know, daily or weekly, it'd be all year round. Um, so you gotta take the off season just as serious as you do uh, the in season stuff and you gotta prepare and, um, you know, so it took some adjustment for some of the players to get used to that. So, um, and then your class came in, I knew that we had a really talented class come in. And so I knew it still might take another year or two before we really caught our stride. Um, but I don't know, I, I, from there on, you know, you know, you probably correct me. I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not very good at the stats. I know that, you know, by your senior year, we went to state and I know two years later we won state, but we had a run of about four or five years straight there. I think it was from your sophomore year. Uh, so about a five-year stretch where we, I think we won sectionals and regionals every single year and or close to it. And we, we had a handful of semi-state appearances and, and then two state appearances where, and where, which case we, we won state in 17. It sounds like you really wanted to get back to Harrison and you wanted to improve as a coach and, and, and find ways. Um, how do you think that your coaching developed as, since you started off? It sounds like tactically you kind of really got into the game and developing players, even in high school, as just as a player. And then you were like, okay, I can really become a really good coach and maybe I can make something of this. How do you think you progressed as a coach in that time span from here, from like then to now even? Well, and it, that's a great question. Um, I, I feel like I got a lot of peers. Um, you know, I've been doing this now for 27 years. Started when I was so really young. Um, I feel like there's a chance to learn every single time there's a coach that I see either training with the team or uh, if I go to a team camp um, various two or, or just even when I'm watching uh, Champions League or EPL or whatever, I'm always looking for formations and warmups. And, uh, you know, I think that one of the keys to success um, as progressing as a coach is keeping everything fresh for your players. I think that I fell into a trap of becoming redundant in training and my method. And I think that's where we've you know, obviously we had a great deal of talent graduate in between the years of 2013 and 2017. Um, you know, so, you know, maybe we haven't had as much talent, but I think that one, I kind of assumed that the culture that was built would just kind of roll over from year to year. And that was assumption, you know, as a coach, you know, at 46, I am still learning this thing, you know, and I think that's the challenge is, and that's the key is to progression is to make sure that you're always willing to learn. You're always willing to listen more than talk. And, um, 
and hopefully I, I benefit that and I'm able to carry some kind of knowledge over to our players and they learn from it. Yeah, and I can I can definitely attest to the uh, changing from even when you when I arrived my freshman year to when watching you coach through John's senior year, the uh, the level of yelling I think has decreased. I don't know if that's <laughs> accurate or not, but I just uh, I think I think you've gotten more comfortable and more calm. And I think once you've established that culture, I think the guys kind of bought in, especially, you know, my senior year through through the next few years. I think those guys really, really got it. Um, but I do have a, a fond memory of one a paper article actually about you. Um, I think <laughs> Nestor, my freshman year, tried to chip the goalkeeper and missed. And uh, there's a picture of you pointing at him yelling. And the caption in the paper is, Coach Klaus calmly talks to his players after, and I was like, no way. <laughs> that is such the opposite, right? Yeah. I think the words were, if you ever do that again, you're off the field is probably more accurate. I, I think that was right right up the uh, right lines. But I, I think that something that, you know, we always, we always respected about you is that you were going to, you were going to give us the truth. And, you know, we may not always like it, but we knew we knew you were coming from a place where you just wanted the best for us and you wanted and we, we wanted to win. We all wanted the same thing. And I think that's that's part of, you know, what you've established there is is that, you know, communication and the relationships with your players that that they can know what to expect from you. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, man. Yeah, very kind. I, I tell you what, it's. <clears throat> You know, when you've coached as long as I have, and hopefully I have a great deal, you know, a great many uh, years left, you know, I, as long as I enjoy doing it, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. But, you know, to me, you know, times change, but honestly, players don't. That's that's my way of looking at it. Like, I, I hear coaches sometimes like, well, well, the players are different nowadays. Uh, well, yeah, no, not really. Not in my eyes. To me, it's it's the times, it's technology, it's how do you reach the kids today as opposed to three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So the approach has got to be different. And if you don't progress as a coach um, to be able to reach your players, I think that's where <laughs> maybe it was maybe it was me being just younger that my patience was a lot less. And maybe me having kids and myself and, you know, uh, going through having kids and being a parent, I, I feel like that kind of, you know, subdued me a little bit, you know, made me a little more calmer on the sidelines. You know, there's still those times where I get all fired up and, and I think there's a proper time and a place. And honestly, I think it resonates and hits home with the players a lot more when I keep my cool and then if I need to explode, then it's like, oh, hello, you know, now we got to kick it in as opposed to it becoming white noise. And, um, you know, that that's that's one of those things, I think, where I progressed as a coach. Do you think that your mindset change changes from year to year? I know you said you don't want to be redundant in coaching style and that you have a different amount of talent each year. If you know that you have a really good class coming in or maybe a really bad class, how do you um, adjust maybe how you train or how you manage the players um, and manage expectations, I guess. Well, that's a very good thing. Actually, 
it took me 27 years to do this, but I am currently in, I'm supposed, I'm, my deadline is actually April 1st. So I can have a team meeting with my guys. But like I said, I, I feel like we've taken a couple of steps backwards from a lot of the success that we had. So I'm creating a, a manual, if you will, for the players, JV and varsity, an understanding of what my expectations are and laying them out. Now, I don't expect my players to read this front to back, especially high school age, you know, and and do homework. But what we will do is I'm going to take 10 minutes out of a training session to make sure I cover this topic and that topic. And they're going to be responsible and accountable for um, knowing X, Y, and Z before they get to practice, of course, but it won't be anything that's too hard. The thing of it is, is I feel like it's in black and white. I'm laying these um, things out to the players so that they know what the expectation is. I feel like somewhere along the lines in the last few years that those, that um, they quite didn't know what those expectations were. I knew what they were. I think that the coaches, the, my assistant coaches knew what they were, but because we had so much success, it was just kind of like, well, why aren't we doing this? Or why aren't we doing that? And it just kind of became laissez-faire a little bit. And, and so I, I, I'm really going to tighten up this year. And I've already had a team. I had an exit meeting at the end of last year, letting them know that this was going to occur. And um, so anyway, I'm going to, you know, I, I think, you know, to hit home too on your question, I think a, a, a good coach, depending upon what comes in, you always adapt to the personnel that comes in. I think if you're, I mean, I guess it's just my opinion, but I think if you're a coach that says, I'm going to run a 4-4-2 and this is how we're going to, we're going to play direct and over the top, or we're going to run a 4-3-3 and play over the top and we're going to, we're going to press. If you don't have the personnel to do that, then you're, in my opinion, shooting yourself in the foot. So what I pride myself on is being flexible and also banking on listening to my assistant coaches. I love getting input from the coaches. Ultimately, it's my decision. Um, but I love to adapt our, our formations, our style of play to the personnel that we have. I always like to go into a season being able to run two formations. I think it was actually, it took Matthew's senior year for me to realize when we didn't get over that hurdle and we lost in the state championship that we need to be able to adjust. Now, some would argue great teams, you know, you don't have to adjust um, if you're a great team. Well, I think you, if you're, what makes you great is that you're able to do those adjustments minor because uh, you want to dictate tempo and pace and, and style to the other team. But all in all, I think um, uh, it's good to have that versa. Uh, versatility so yeah yeah so it sounds like you're getting back to your roots a little bit I remember some of the uh <clears throat> excuse me some of the Klaus rules you know boots on the boots on the chalk 15 minutes early never take your shin guards off for the for the game I still got those those drilled up here think communicate hustle all that stuff you um, got it man oh yeah I drilled, <laughs> drilled into my head um, that's the, that, that's the second page of the manual Right there. I'll, I'll help you write it. We'll be, I'll be a co-author. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I gotta, I gotta make sure that 
uh, the uh, Harrison fight song is thrown in there too. I'm going to call on some freshman the very first day, see if uh, put him on the spot. I think that freshman was Jack Newton. My my, <laughs> I think if I'm right. Um, but you so you mentioned about you know adapting to the to the classes that you kind of get in, and I think what you've started to do is reach the audience or your your players before they actually get to high school. So you started um, the BC Raider Elites. Do you want to kind of talk about that and what you're kind of doing for the community? Yeah, so um, I started this about three years ago, um, just as a developmental program. I didn't feel like uh, the players that were coming in were receiving, you know, they could be receiving more instruction on on how to accomplish a lot of uh, technical things on the field, and especially or particularly with pressure. You know, I, I don't know, you can set up cones and you can do all the drills you want to, and you can look really good uh, without any pressure, but adding pressure and being able to make good decisions, having that calmness on the ball, that was where I felt like we really needed to grow our players, our incoming players. So that way, when you get, when they reach the high school level, um, they're more technically sound and they're able to deal with the pressure. So that way we can spend a lot more time during training sessions in high school on tactics. I feel like that's where the upper programs of the state, uh, because they have a lot more clubs in the Indy area, in the Fort Wayne area, the, the reason why they're so strong is they have very technically sound players that know how to play under pressure and maintain possession of the ball. And we just simply didn't have that. We had to work abs. We had to work our rears off for everything to get every ounce out of our players to just compete with those upper schools. Um, so the reason why I started the, the program was so that I could give young players that experience and I didn't want to just honestly stop with I knew it was going to we were going to benefit as a Harrison program but I wanted the area I want our area to get better in soccer I figured you know that'll make rivalries that all the better I wanted to see girls involved with the with the boys um so you know there's no gender specific uh, really groups. I intermix everybody. Um, I try to keep age levels, you know, like third grade to fifth grade and then six to eight. So we don't have a, a little person getting trampled out there by a bigger person, but, um, uh, but it seems to be going really well. And I, I think, you know, when this thing all started, I had about 30 or 40 trainees. I'm up to I mean, I regularly I have 50 in a week, but I, you know, I have over a hundred in my app that register for training. So it's really taken off. Um, I put on mini camps uh, throughout the late uh, Lafayette, West Lafayette area. And, um, you know, winter camp, I usually have about 40 to 50 kids. And then my summer camp is typically around a hundred. So getting, getting really good numbers. And what's great is, is I get support from the local club and the local rec programs and we work together. So it's great that we have that sense of community um, and we're, we're really bringing soccer together in the area. I think we're, we're working together and that's what we need to do. So. I think it's really cool. Cause I've, I've always heard from coaches and 
just seen things where um, if if you develop the technical skills at a young age, that's where a lot of the progress is made. And then you're able to work once you develop physically and you can look at the tactics side of things and it all kind of comes together. And then once you reach like a certain age, the technical part doesn't come in as quickly necessarily. You can obviously still get better, but I think that's a really cool aspect to this. Yeah. And you know, it's funny you say that, Noah. It, I, I was talking to my wife the other day. I don't know why I haven't done this, uh, but to even advertise what I do, I, I need to make it mandatory that I take like a three to four minute clip video of anybody coming in and doing their first session with me. And then after, even after a whole five months in the off season, I usually go November through March and then I shut it down for spring season, summer and fall. And then I pick back up other than my camps that I do. And the transformation of some of these young players is awesome. I mean, it is, it is just awesome to see. And the, I mean, that's why I do this. It's, it's the relationships that I have with the kids at the high school level and the interaction I have with them. And the same goes with these developmental kids. But I mean, I tell you what, there's nothing more rewarding um, as a coach than to see a player just get so excited about making a play or doing this or that, or to have mom and dad send me an email and say, you know, little Johnny is, is having the best season ever. And they can't say how much they enjoyed their, your, their training with you, coach Klaus. And that, that's just what really resonates with me. And I, that, that's what makes this all, all the, all worth it. So speaking of young players, is there any aspiration to uh, watch a little Charlie Klaus run in the midfield with you at the helm? Is, is that the goal? Um, you know, if, if he stays with it, um, I certainly would love to be there when that happens. Um, it's, I can tell you this, he started going to training. I, I'm taking it, you know, I say I, I only have third to fifth grade. I, I fudge on him. He's, he's a first grader and he's going in and, and playing with these guys. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty tough on him, but I'll tell you what, the three minute car ride over to the facility and the three minute car ride home and just seeing his face get so excited about the game. It, it is so fun for me. And I hope that he continues to love it so that we have that together. I know if, if he doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to force him to, but it really, it truly is a special thing. Um, do you think there's skills in particular that make somebody um, a good coach or something that you would suggest for them to, to develop as a coach? Like you would, you said um, adaptability earlier, but do you think like maybe other traits would make a really good coach or maybe a wannabe coach would, uh, could have? Yeah. So so this is what I would say, like when I do any coaching clinic, especially at the U10, U12 level, um, and I do that with the rec programs, I'll do another couple of them this spring. Um, you know, I, I tell, I try to emphasize to coaches and I get this really honestly from my PE teaching background, even though I don't do PE anymore, is high volume of reps 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 like if kids are standing in lines it i i just i it makes me want to pull my hair out so i tell coaches like any coach that talks to me like 
don't have them line up in one big line. You, we all see it, right? We'll go out, we'll drive by the field, and you'll see the, the coach standing there with a, a line 10 players deep, and they, they probably get a total of three shots each, and they waste 30 minutes of practice. It, it drives me nuts. So I would, I would encourage coaches to figure out or manipulate. There are so many drills that are out there. I tell you what, I go on Google all the time or YouTube and I steal half my stuff, but what I'll do is I'll modify it and I'll make sure that I'm able to incorporate a lot more reps or maybe incorporate a up back through something that we, you know, do a lot at the high school level. We try to ingrain in our players, any kind of pattern play, um, just high volume of reps. And the other thing then too, is as a coach, if I had any advice to give another coach, it would be communicate. Communicate with your players, communicate with your parents. If you don't establish the communication, then I, I mean, it's just one of those things where I feel like you gain a player's trust, you gain the parents' trust, you build that relationship. If you don't have the relationship and you don't have the culture, you can be, you can have all the talented players you want, but I think ultimately in the end, chances are you're not going to win anything. So that's, that's my opinion. Yeah. So maybe the last question before we uh, let you go, is there one memory that sticks out in your mind from, from my class, anything that, that you, you haven't forgotten about us yet? <laughs> Absolutely. There's two, there's two. <laughs> okay. Well, one is obviously, I mean, the state championship game, just, I, I don't feel like we ever, it, it was ever like a satisfaction feeling like, oh, well, we got there, you know, cause we, it just made you more hungry after it. And I felt bad because you, but the one thing that I take away is you guys were the ones that kind of created that culture, right? When you came in. So to me, like when I think of your class, I'm sitting there thinking like, I compare everybody to that class. Like, but the one game, the one instant, the one thing that I always remember is that is is the uh, is the is the game where Jacob Spawn, we put him on a lockdown defender one on one against uh, Fishers. It was Fishers, and they I think they had a D one commit going to Ohio State, and Jacob had not played. I don't think he had started one game all year long. And there was, and we were like, we think we can put, we wanted to man mark this dude and this and Jacob, you know, you were there. He, I, I think, are we allowed to say this on a path? I think he called him sweet cheeks all game long or whatever. He got in his head and he just bothered him the whole game long for 80 minutes. And, the, and I think everybody in the state thought that Fishers was going to, house us I thought they thought that they were going to just roll us and waltz right into the semi-state and I think we took him to overtime and that's when we put in Cole Boyer the super sub he had the whitest uniform off of the bench we throw him on there in an OT and he scored with I think 90 seconds left in the game or under a minute what you were was it a minute what what was it I think it was a little longer than that because we had to hold on for dear life there in the back. I remember you put on, you put Jeremy Duell back in the game and he comes back in. He's like, we're going to a five back. I was like, all right, who's the fifth person in the back? He goes, we're going to a five back. I said, Duel. 
who is the last person in this back line? He's like, oh, it's uh, so-and-so. I'm like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, I always remember that one too, you know, playing in the mud puddles um, and then Spawn just playing the, the game of his life. I remember he, he looks over to the bench and he goes, he's like, I need one. I said, Spawn. I looked at the clock. I was like, we got seven minutes left in this first half. I was like, you're not going out of this game. And I think you sent a sub to the line. And I was like, put them back on the bench. Like we need spawn in this game. <laughs> it was, it was fun times. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I always remember that those, and I, I'll be honest as, as, a, as I get older, um, you know, you, you cherish those memories even more. And I'll be honest, I don't look at them a lot, but there's a lot of pictures that this guy has. And I look back probably once every year at, at uh, just all the players, you know, at some point in time, I've got a basket of, of newspaper clippings and stuff. It's just good to reminisce and, and see. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll text a player or something like that just because it, it brings back a good memory. Yeah, of course. Do you have any uh, special memory of Roop in particular? Anything embarrassing, maybe? Anything we can add? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I remember doing some ice bucket challenges back in the day. Right. And, like, nothing really sketchy or racy that I could share. There was some stuff that went on at team camp, but I'm probably better off not knowing exactly what went on. So, yeah, yeah. nothing All juicy right. I could really share with you, Noah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Had to try. They kept they kept it out of uh, out of out of my hands, man. They get a, did a good job of keeping everything top secret. <laughs> well, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time. Uh, I I know the the COVID season is kind of weird, and we hope that you have a, a a regular season and find success coming up here. Well, thanks a lot, boys. It's been a lot of fun, and I uh, you know I. It's so awesome to see you guys, uh, you know, doing this. And I, I know you, you guys had a, a lot of um, playing time at uh, Manchester and, and with Coach Corey. And uh, I've, I've, I'm very fortunate to be on with you. I appreciate you guys reaching out to me. And uh, I wish you guys all the best. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Um, don't forget, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and comment down below. Thanks, guys. Who you, who you got, Rupee? No, then we all know, of course. That's right, man. Absolutely. Hey, at least they're the same colors. Exactly. Seriously. Exactly. Yeah. All, my stuff, all my stuff still works from high school.